right, girls, let's get 2024 off to a great start. I'm bringing back the program that sparked it all. Pruning to Prosper didn't start as a podcast. It started as an idea, an idea to help women clear the stuff that is preventing them from being the woman God is calling them to be. Beginning January 14th, we embark on a six-week journey of faith-based, inspired action to get your heart, home, and wallet in line with God's plan for you. And guess what? It's not at 5 a.m. Yay! Join me every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the weekly prayer, lesson, discussion, and one-to-one coaching. And Wednesday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. for accountability, questions, motivation, and more coaching. Even better than the relevant topics is the tribe of like-minded women you will meet. I have met the greatest women through this podcast and these programs, and you will too. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. The Zoom link will be emailed one week ahead of time. I hope to see you there. Now let's get to today's podcast episode. One generation praises your deeds to the next and proclaims your mighty works. Hello, everyone. I'm Gina Morton. I'm your host at Pruning to Prosper here. And this is a podcast where we prune away all the stuff standing between you and the woman that God has called you to be. And we're continuing this month of remembrance in November because we're talking about some of the practical things that are going to have to be addressed before we pass on. But really, when we contemplate our death and we prepare for it, it really helps us to fully live. And that's my goal is like, don't just be morbid about this. It's like, okay, how can I use this as inspiration to truly live each day as God is calling me to live it? So today's a very practical episode. We're going to talk a little bit about um, legacy planning. Dave Ramsey has a book that I did not read yet. It's something about legacy journey. And it really is about leaving a physical box for your kids or for your loved ones that you could literally hand them a box and say, everything you need when I die is in this box. Okay, so that's what we're thinking today. We're not thinking like super like big, massive decisions like we talked about with the the cleaning of your whole home last week, but um, just some little things that we could be doing right now. So, you know, I... I know if you're a younger family, like we planned so much for that first baby. You know, we, we, I don't know if they have registries anymore. I don't, we don't have a baby's R us anymore near us, but like I remember registering for all the little things and washing all the little things and making sure that the nursery was just so. My mother in law made all the bedding and she recovered the cushions for the, the rocker and the chair. And it was just so cute and perfect for when the baby came home. But, and that's all well and good, right? These are all the things we think about before the baby comes home. But the other thing I remember about my pregnancy was I remember sitting in the lawyer's office having contractions (laughs) with my first child because um, I'm very practical. And so, you know, this was a first grandbaby on both sides. And I just wanted to make sure that the baby was really taken care of in the event that something happened to me or my husband or the both of us. So I was, it was literally the day before I gave birth to him, we were getting our will done. And now, you know, I am like Miss Frugal, 
let's do what we can do. Let's like, you know, cobble together a podcast or YouTube channel with like free information here and there, whatever. Let's use all the free information we can to do our budgets. And, you know, all I'm very like cheap in that way. But I am not cheap when it comes to hiring professionals. And I encourage you to do the same. If there is any area of your life other than a financial advisor, this is your person. You need a very good estate attorney, okay? There are a lot of laws in the different states, and I'm not a lawyer, but I know that there's like wills you can buy online. There's just, I don't, that is not for me. This is not the place for that. I'm telling you, hire a professional. And even better, get a Catholic estate attorney because a Catholic estate attorney is going to run you through questions that you've never even thought of that have to do with our faith and end-of-life decisions and that sort of thing. So I would really encourage you to take the time to do this. Is it cheap? Mm. Our first will was $500 because it was very simple. We only had the one kid coming and they can make it fairly generic that it applies to all children of that marriage. Um, we have since updated our will and had them redone. We're kind of getting into the thousands of dollars now for wills to be done, but we also have a lot going on as far as my husband's business goes and the house and all the different things that, that we've got. So the, the you know, it, 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 the older you get and the more you make or whatever, yes, you're going to have to invest a little bit more in this stuff. But I would say, you know, see if you can get this done for like $500 to $1,000 if it's a fairly simple will, okay? This is an investment that the people left behind will be so grateful that you made, okay? We always, you know, it cracks me up, like all these these family pictures, it's it's beginning to, it's fall here in Pennsylvania, and the Facebook feed is starting to fill up with all the families standing in the cornfields and the sunflower fields and their matching outfits. And I think, how much time did you put into arranging the outfits and the photographer and the perfect weather day and everyone's organizing their schedules and different things have to happen for that picture to go down and for you to put it on Facebook? Put a little bit of that time, effort, and money into getting a will done, okay? I beg of you, make this as easy for the people that you're leaving behind as possible. And especially like if you've got minor children, you need to consider who will take them in the event of you and your husband dying. If that person takes your children, do they need to put an addition on their house? Will they have to move? Is there money for them to do that? If they take their kids to Disney World, are your kids going to be able to go to Disney World? Do you want any insurance money to go for things like that? Do you want insurance money just to go for your kid's education? Do you need it to go into a trust fund? All these questions I don't want you to get overwhelmed about. I want you to go see a lawyer. And that's who's going to answer all these questions for you. Okay. Um, in your legacy box, I also want you to put any other sort of wishes. So maybe you want to, you can even, you can even go to church and get the form for your funeral mass. Okay. It's just, I know at our churches, it's just like a simple form and you literally circle the readings that you want read. You circle the music that you want played. You can pick out your pallbearers. You can pick out your outfit. You know, that doesn't have to do with the church. But, like, you can do as much of this planning ahead of time as possible. So, and again, it probably would have to be updated if you're only 30 years old. But at least it gives your loved ones an idea. 
Um, in there should be the deed to a cemetery plot if your family owns one, like if you're going to be in a family plot. Because again, when my dad died last year and he was going to go into the family plot, we could not find the deed. So <laughs> it was like a big to-do. Turns out we were okay. The cemetery had went on file, but it was just a lot of unnecessary grief for my mom and a lot of searching around a house that's not mine for me and my sister. So keep all of this stuff in one logical spot. So if you want to pick out your coffin ahead of time, because, you know, again, your loved ones are grieving. They they don't need all the extra burden of these decisions that you didn't make. And they're just trying to wonder, like, would dad have wanted this? Would mom have wanted this? I don't know. Do they want us to splurge on a coffin? Do they want the neighbors to think that we weren't cheap? Like, what do they want us to do? Do they want to be cremated? All of these things should be in your legacy box and all of your wishes. You know, ideally, you kind of talk about them with your kids as well. But at the very least, put your wishes in your legacy box. Any kind of banking information. Like, I didn't even know what banks my parents used, okay? So now I have sat down with my mom and we've gone over all this stuff and Get all the passwords so that you know exactly what money is coming from where and what you're supposed to pay for with that money. You could even say like, you know, where, what would you like to wear? What music would you like to play? Who would you like to be your pallbearers? What charities would you like us to have any like in lieu of flowers, go to a charity? Um, all these are like decisions that are very easy to make now. Um, but that would be big decisions for your kids to have to make. Even little things, like I talked about last week, about writing your obituary. You know, put put some facts together for your kids. Like, you know, I didn't know a ton of stuff that my dad did when I wrote his obituary. Like, I was going on, like, the computer and Googling my dad to figure out, like, what committee was he on? What did he do? How did he do this? You know, and, like, because my dad was very active in our hometown. So, Luckily, it was a lot of public information that I could figure out, but still, like, it would have been nice to just have, like, a concise list of what he did and what he was passionate about and um, things that, you know, he, you know, is, like, his job title from when he worked. And, you know, thankfully, my mom knew all that, but I wouldn't have known that about my dad. And um, so it's just all these little things that could make um, life easier for your loved ones that are left behind. Um, I think that's really it, you guys. I just want you to use this episode as a reminder that the best thing you can do for your kids and your loved ones is to prepare. And I know we don't like talking about death, but it is, again, it's part of life. Like none of us is getting out of here alive. So I hope you take this episode. I hate, hope you take the first step towards planning your legacy box and, um, letting your kids know where the box is and the wishes that you that you would like to uh, happen and even like who would get what you know if there's I had I babysat for a family where she would say like write my name on the back of that and that's what they did in their family so you know if there's special things that you want from your parents if there's a work of art you want that you know your parents are still enjoying it but you want it just say you know I would love that piece of art and then have your parents write your name on the back of it do some sort of system like that too, that they, um, it's again, not going to be causing fights after your parents go in, um, or after, you know, if you don't have children, when, when your loved ones are cleaning up after you, like 
make it as easy as possible for your loved ones to um, be, as we go back to the psalm, one generation praises your deeds to the next and proclaims your mighty works. In the end, do you want people praising your mighty works or do you want people being like, oh my gosh, what a disaster. They left us such a headache. Okay. Something for you to think about. I will see you on Saturday for a five-minute declutter with me. Take care.